everyone, my name is Agaya and I'm here with another episode of Tip Talk and today we are going to be interviewing the nonprofit known as Invest in Her based here in Arizona, started by two of my very, very, very dear friends, Neha and Caitlin, but they're so much more than that. They're just um, very inspiring, so I'm very excited to um, interview them today and have them share all of their work and all of their progress that they've made today. Um, I will start with some introductions. So as you know, I'm Ligaya. I'm a Peer Solutions uh, Peer Leader here. I started working this summer, um, but I've been a youth in their programming for the past two years, uh, starting in 2020. I've just graduated from ASU Prep Phoenix Downtown High School, and I'm going to be attending New Jersey Institute of Technology in the fall to study environmental science so that's just a little bit of academic professional background about me and I'm gonna pass it off to Neha Basu. Hi I'm Neha I'm the founder of Investing Her uh, I guess co-founder with Caitlin Kai. Uh, I just graduated from Basis Scottsdale High School and I'll be attending MIT this fall class of 2026. Hi everyone, this is Caitlin Kai. I also just graduated from Basis Scottsdale High School and co-founded Invest in Her alongside Neha. And this fall I'll be going to Duke and I'm very excited to study public policy and economics. Thank you so much for that introduction. So I'm going to start with how I knew Neha and Caitlin because I'm here interviewing them today just to like reflect on all the progress that we've made um, ever since meeting each other in fifth grade and so um, I just have a very close and special connection to them so I felt it was proper for me to conduct this interview today to show what they truly are because um, if anyone here at Peer Solutions might have an idea of that it could be me so um, yes I've been I've known them for about eight years now and five years for me five years yes so I met Neha in five neon in fifth grade that was the name of our class and Caitlin joined basis in eighth grade and you know um, ever since meeting them they've they've always been their same passionate nerdy geeky selves and they've always been so driven and so focused on exactly what they want to accomplish and to see that come to life today is really like like I am a witness and I'm here telling you that you know what they've accomplished is real and they're making the changes that they need to in their community so Caitlin why don't you tell me about the very beginning of invest in her and how this idea cultivated into its own organization well, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words, Ligaya. We have a long and storied history, and it means a lot to, to hear those words from you. But as for the origin story of Invest in Her, I think it was quite comedic because Neha and I sat in a little island group in our AP Econ class sophomore year. I think it was around February, so right before we went into lockdown. And she looks over at my computer and I have a document pulled up that's named something like drafts for nonprofit ideas because I had gotten a stroke of inspiration that month and I decided I really wanted to start my own project. And she looks at me, mouth goes open, she's like, oh my gosh, you want to start a nonprofit too? <laughs> and it turns out we had really similar ideas as young women who wanted to go into fields like economics and public policy we didn't have a lot 
of peers who wanted to do the same. And so that was definitely a foundation for our own friendship and a foundation for the nonprofit. Although we come at the idea of gender equality from different angles. So I'll explain my own perspective first and then hand it over to Neha. But for me, starting Invest in Her was inspired a lot by my mother who came from rural China, only was able to work her way here to America by getting an education. And so she really instilled the value of equitable education in me and making sure everybody had equal opportunities. But quickly in my own life, I realized that wasn't true, particularly through the lens of speech debate. I've been competing in speech debate since I was in sixth grade and on almost every tournament in at least one or two ballots I would get comments about how I walked too stiffly in heels or my voice was too shrill or I was too passionate or too loud or too angry and I never saw my male counterparts get the same kind of comments which speaks to the subtle inequalities that still exist today, which often hold women back. So my perspective at Invest in Her was to think about the qualitative, whereas Neha was more quantitative. And with that, I'll hand it over to her. Darn it, Caitlin stole my catchphrase. I was going to say I'm the quantitative and she's the qualitative. But anyway, so as a math nerd, I am more interested in the number side of economics. So. I did uh, a lot of economics challenges throughout high school and uh, I was the co-president of my school's economics club and being involved in a lot of economics related activities I saw that in almost everything I was doing I was either the only girl in the room or one of like three or four girls in the room which was very disheartening and made me feel like maybe I should just go into something else like maybe economics just isn't for girls and that I could explore different passions but I really liked economics and I enjoyed the field which is part of the reason why I joined forces with Caitlin to start invest in her because I wanted to make sure that other girls who think they may be interested in economics will know that they have a place in this field and that it could definitely benefit from their participation so I'll go into a little bit of how Invest in Her kind of progressed after the original idea. Uh, it was definitely a long and winding road. It was not a linear path. Uh, when we first started, we had almost everything going against us because, like Caitlin said, we started kind of the idea of Invest in Her in February 2020. And as most of you all know, March 2020 was the beginning of the COVID pandemic. So we started off with a national lockdown. We weren't able to host any in-person meetings or anything like that. And the two of us, we were just high school students. We didn't even know what was going on in our own lives, much less how to lead a nonprofit. So it was definitely a struggle in the beginning, but we were lucky to get a partnership with a national organization called iRaise Girls and Boys International. And it's kind of funny because we started nationally before we started locally, just one of the quirks of the COVID-19 pandemic and how things worked out. But with iRaise, we were able to connect to inner city kids in the Bronx area. And during COVID, there was a lot of unequal access to education because everything moved online. So our goal in partnership with iRaise was to provide tutoring services and financial literacy workshops for these kids who weren't able to get equal access to education just because they didn't have the technology or other resources that they needed. And since iRaise, things kind of just skyrocketed from there. 
after we met with an organization called CPIC Now. So brace yourself for this name. It's Central Phoenix Inez Cassiano National Organization of Women. It's uh, a group of very accomplished women who were mentors for Caitlin and I as we were leading Invest in Her, and they provided a lot of connections with us. So through there, we were able to get a lot more partnerships and just access to resources about how we could be better leaders with Invest in Her. Um, and since then, Invest in Her has grown from just classes of one or two students in IRAs through hundreds of students in our very own summer workshop series. So uh, we've definitely been able to grow a lot in these past few years. Wow, that's like really impressive for girls at your age, especially I love that little part about starting nationally before starting locally. And it's really just impressive how you two work in harmony as a team and can branch out and connect with people just and, and really give people the resources that they're looking for because how, ma how many other how many other 17 year old girls know how to save for their retirement? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm sure you hear it all the time, but it's just so amazing that Peer Solutions specifically gets to have you as a resource because you guys are so valuable. So why don't you tell me about the curriculum you've built for these financial literacy workshops and how you branched out and set these up with your students. Yeah, so there's a lot of different financial literacy curriculum available online. I think what makes Invest in Her different is that we are a high school-led organization, so we try to target all of our curriculum to things that will be applicable to young adults in our range range, so like high school students or sometimes even middle school students. And the things that we like to focus on are things that we found missing in our own education. So things like how to apply for your first job or how to read your first paycheck, uh, even things like what is a credit score, because we realized that it was super important in our own lives, but no one was really teaching that to us. So what Caitlin and I would do over like a three day weekend or over winter break, she would come over to my house and we would just grind out PowerPoint after PowerPoint, activity after activity of curriculum. and. We would present that first to our audience in IRAs International and then afterwards to all of our partnerships that followed. So I'll kind of just briefly go over the different organizations we've partnered with. Uh, obviously Peer Solutions, which we're talking with today. Um, uh, we've also partnered with some local organizations after we finished our national phase, we moved back to local. So we partnered with ICANN, which is an after school program uh, in Chandler, which is close to where Caitlin and I live. So just to clarify, you would connect with these uh, these organizations all around Arizona and they would connect you in their meetings and sessions virtually with students for you to teach the curriculum. Awesome. We also got to go in person a couple of times, which was really valuable because the experience that you have trying to do some kind of activity online where you don't actually know where the kids attention is versus actually being able to see them and feed off their energy and bounce off their excitement and examples from their own lives it's such a different experience also add really quickly just a anecdote about how we ended up in the financial literacy niche specifically because we started really wide at leadership development and economics and we weren't really sure how we could best help 
those who are the most underserved. And then we realized that there are resources out there for young women who have more access to the social media circles that we were in, who could get interested in business or economics, but not as much for those who might be in low income housing or might need to go to after school programs or those who might be on school lunches funded by the federal government. So we really wanted to help those people who had the least resources and we found that financial literacy was applicable to everybody including that specific group so that's how we ended up transitioning from this big idea about gender equality and having this vision into this specific kind of programming that we found so I wanted to go in and see if you had any specific success stories that you might want to share, any students that really stand out there and make you proud because you work so intimately with each and every one of them. You have to pick up something. You have to, you know, there's there's got to be a, a story out there that makes you proud of the work that you've done and motivates you to keep going. The one that definitely sticks out to me was our very first student, Isabella. So when we first started at iRays, there were a couple kids in the class, but it was a 13-week course, and Isabella was the only one who ended up sticking all the way through. And just watching her progress and grow from a girl who was almost too shy to unmute herself or even message in the chat to somebody who was vibrant, who was telling us all about her interests in K-pop and uh, even wrote us a little song about how much she loved financial literacy and all of the things that she learned by the end of our course was really special because it gave us the motivation to keep going. We had really made an impact on her life. I, I specifically remember that Isabella had gotten her first internship at the end of our course at iRays with an optometrist that she knew through her dad. So seeing her really find her own interests and passions and really start to get work experience and grow into herself was a really rewarding experience and one that still stays with Neha and I today. And that just, it really shows how you cultivate this environment of, of safety and welcoming and empowerment in your classes. It's not only about the curriculum, you know, even having that personal connection with you guys and being able to open up about her personal life as well as take that further into her her career path I it's just really incredible how you're able to connect with people on such a wide level um, Caitlin um, why don't you tell me about the webinars and how you create these par partnerships with very very successful and change-making woman sure so the idea of the webinar series has always been to highlight female leaders in different fields so we've done business and nonprofits already and hopefully this August we'll be dropping another trilogy about women in politics I feel as though the inspiration for these webinars came a little bit from Neha and I's personal backgrounds. We're both first-generation Americans, our parents are immigrants, and so while we grew up with really strong mothers and fathers for us to look up to, we didn't necessarily have deep connections into industries that our parents weren't a part of because our parents had moved to America and didn't necessarily have those same historic roots that some of our counterparts did. So what we really wanted to do was highlight women and give women 
who were younger like us, people to look up to that we may not have necessarily seen in our early high school years, in our middle school years. The idea was to start off with women in business because it was a really easy transition from financial literacy into being interested in maybe starting your own company or being a CEO. And then from there, we went to women in nonprofits where we were able to highlight women who had started nonprofits very young or even in the Middle Ages and what that had looked like from there as nonprofit co-founders ourselves. It was definitely really inspirational. And I've had people text me from time to time about them listening to some of those webinar series and really feeling inspired. And it's so rewarding to hear that we've created content that is actually making people think and listen and really reconsider what they are capable of. So that was the entire idea of the webinar series was really to create easy media to access that would inspire other young women and even young men who might be interested in in these same fields. And I feel as though we've done a pretty good job of that. Yeah, just to bounce off of what Caitlin was saying, I think One thing that we really tried to accomplish with the webinar series was providing examples of women who built their businesses on their own from the ground up. And one example that comes to mind is Jean Brees, who has really suffered from a harsh childhood, but she made the most of it. So uh, she was the oldest of her siblings and they were abandoned by their mother. I think she said right around Christmas when she was a teenager, which is just such uh, an awful thing to go through. But she did not let that stop her she was able to start a business on her own as a motivational speaker and since there they have like hundreds of clients now so just goes to show that even if you think that business isn't a field that you can be successful in whether it be because of your background or your education or your gender we try to provide examples of women who are able to become successful regardless of their restrictions And one of these days when you have moved on and you have your new recruits, they are going to be interviewing you in the webinars um, because what's not a success story if if not? What's a success story if not both of you? Um, So why don't you tell me more about how you grew the Invest in Her team and how um, we meet people in different states whenever we have your sessions and and we meet uh, young, talented students um, these these young girls come in and they know they're like mini Nehas and mini Caitlins and I want to know how you guide them and how you brought them in to the team. For a really long time Invest in Her was very small just three people. I think our team had become really laser focused at building more partnerships and developing better curriculum that along with other challenges in our personal lives like the college application cycle come fall of 21 had prevented us from really doing aggressive recruiting but when all the dust had settled in senior year and Neha and I realized we'd probably be taking off to other states for college we then realized we really needed to get on recruiting and that entire process has been so rewarding being able to not only find people who 
had maybe gone to our high school and did the economics club with us, but also to be able to reach other young women across the country who had seen the work we had already done and been really inspired by it was definitely eye-opening because I, I don't think either of us thought Invest in Her had that big of a reach to get members from California and New Jersey, but we did. And all of those people have been so crucial in helping us develop new curriculum, new partnerships, do more research, uh, aid in operations, and even recruit even more members. And so Invest in Her is really still growing and we're going to continue to do it past high school and into college. So this was definitely not some gimmick. It, it is a lifelong mission for Neha and I to help other young women. I think one idea of the, the reach that Investor has that really comes to mind is a workshop series we did with Illuminate Business, who one of our new members actually connected us to. And we had a young woman from Tunisia who tuned into both of those webinars because she found our words and our curriculum really valuable for her. And she was super engaged and asked all of these questions and then later even followed us on social media. So I think Investor can even have a worldwide reach and so even though we don't know exactly what form invest in her is going to take as we go off to college and we're definitely figuring that out we have big aspirations i can already tell like just the presence that you both have it is going to be global it is a global resources that you are it is a it is a global resource that you are providing and you know, I can I can look into the future and I can see, you know, you have translators for your different curriculums and, and you're going on international flights and that's just my vision for you in the future. Uh, just to give our listeners an example of the tangible and real life experiences that we have as women in leadership, why don't you drop some of the statistics that you guys usually pull people in as your, you know, hooks when you are doing your presentations? Those are always an attention grabber for me, especially, and I think they really put things into perspective, and it's just, it really is a good thing to hear, and it makes me even more excited and empowered by Invest in Her. So, as the resident math nerd, I can take this one. Um, just to drop a few numbers, 41% of young women fear investing because they think that they don't know enough, which is not true. They are definitely confident and capable of making informed decisions. 43% uh, of women wish they were more confident in making financial decisions and empowering young women with knowledge and the skills that they need to be confident is one of the goals that invest in her. Uh, only 37% of Fortune 500 companies have female CEOs I think that the gender gap in business is nothing new. It's always been there. It's something that definitely needs to be improved in the future. And women are 18% less likely to speak up in public than men. And through our summer workshop series that this past summer, we did start expanding from financial literacy into also leadership and public speaking through workshops on speech and debate. So we are hoping to empower young women not just with financial literacy skills but also public speaking skills. And one statistic that I always find interesting, I don't remember the exact number, but I do know that women's portfolios in investing actually tend to outperform their male counterparts. So that just goes to show that it's 
nothing inherent in women that says that women are bad at investing or women just can't manage their money because the opposite is actually true. Women tend to make more factually based decisions and their portfolios tend to outperform their male counterparts. But it's the confidence and the fear of public speaking that tends to hold women back. So by providing different workshops that invest in her, we hope that we can empower young girls with these skills that they need so that they can invest their money, they can make wise money decisions and be financially independent in the future. Thank you, first of all, because people don't know these things and it, I didn't know any of this. I mean, I have no connection personally to economics and, and finance and really hearing those, like, it made me it made me a little bit hopeless like it made me feel like like why it made me question so many things and when I asked those questions why aren't why aren't women going and getting the help why aren't women really feeling confident in themselves it made me turn to you guys because I know you have the answers um, so is there anything else you wanted to add just in case uh, just to end on a hopeful note I guess I think one thing that we can look forward to is that the numbers that I just mentioned are decreasing, like the gender gap between women and men has been narrowing over time. I think that women are realizing that they are competent and capable enough to be leaders of themselves and others. And I hope that with Invest in Her and the support of young women across the world, I hope one day we'll be able to narrow the gap to nothing. Um, so just a quick plug, uh, please tell us about, you know, your website, your social media, and how we can get our listeners involved and how you, how the process of going about and joining the Invest in Her team. Sure. So if you'd like to check out our website, that would be investin-her.org. If you want more information, you can feel free to email us the email address that we would answer from will be on that website, but I can also give it here. So that is outreach at investin-her.org. But if you just want to kind of keep up with all of our partnerships and the work that we're doing, definitely check us out on Instagram, which is our main social media platform. And there our handle is at invest.in.her. We post a lot about both what we're doing and what a lot of other incredible women across the world are doing so if you're interested in that and passionate about gender equality financial literacy or public speaking definitely check us out we'd really appreciate it so in today's episode of tip talk we have founders Neha Basu and Caitlin Kai of the nonprofit organization called Invest in Her, which helps decrease the gender disparities in economics, politics, and leadership. And today we go over the origin story of Invest in Her, the coalitions and organizations that they've partnered with, as well as their projects that have branched out nationally and almost internationally, soon to be internationally, right? We talk about the exact motivators and backgrounds of these two founders and how it started them, how it started to become a nonprofit and how they've grown in our community and the exact changes that they see and, and the progress that they make. And we talk about, uh, at the end, we talk about how to get involved if any of you are interested in this 
wonderful, wonderful team we have here.